Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, last time I taught on focus, and that seems to be the theme lately, focus. And I'm going to talk about running with focus. I have not yet seen a runner in the natural run without focus. They're just not running with their eyes closed. That'd be kind of silly, wouldn't it? Well, spiritually speaking, it is silly for a Christian to have our spiritual eyes closed. We must have our eyes open. Open to run. To run what? The race. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, we also, since are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, witnesses, okay, he says, therefore. Now, he's talking about the previous chapter. All, we call it the, the, the hallmark or the, the, the hall of faith. If you go back to chapter 11, it says, by faith. The race I'm talking about, saints, listen, it's like a relay race. You know, you call it a marathon race, and, and I get that, because we've got to be in this for a long haul. We don't want to be like the Roman candle. You wrote, have you lit a Roman candle? Oh, that's what we had back in my day. That was the thing. If you had, if you had Roman candles, you, you had it. Well, those things, you light, you light them, and man, they'll, they'll go into a burst. And they're shooting, they're flaming, and man, it's great. For maybe a minute, I don't know. That may be pushing it. Then it goes out. Then what do you have? <laughs> oh, this smoke. What happened? It just burnt out. That is what we do not want to be. We do not want to be like a Roman candle given a great glorious light. Then after about 30 seconds, gone. No, we got to be in it for the long haul. And, and it goes on. The very first one it mentions, this is by faith, Abel. Then it goes on to the next one. In other words, it's a relay race. Abel ran his race. And then he hands the baton. Off to the next person. Then Enoch, he runs his race. Then he hands the baton off to the next guy. Then it goes on to Abraham and so on down the line. In other words, each one had to run their race. Saints, we have a race to run. Paul said, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. He goes on to say, about finishing his race. None of these things move me. In other words, all these things coming at me, all these things. I don't even count my life dear to myself. No, why? In order to finish, he said, my race. The Apostle Paul called it my race. We have to get to the point. It's, we're in, you're in a race that's called my race. 
you got to make it personal. Just like everything else, you make got to make the Bible, the words, personal to you. It's got to be revelation to you. Amen. Then what does Paul do? He runs his race, right? Amen. He hands it down to his generation. In other words, he hands that baton off to Timothy and others. Saints, I believe this could be the last generation. I'm just saying it could be. I believe the rapture, the catching away, could happen at any, any moment. Yes, amen. Have you ever, I've, I've seen, it's been years ago, I've seen a relay race. I guess it was the Olympics. I guess it was four guys, maybe three, four guys. I'm thinking it was four. There may be more, I don't know, but just several. But in this race, they, they, the, the talk before the race was always on the last guy. The last guy they hand a baton off, they're always, they're, they're always talking about that guy. They call that guy, I think, the anchor man. Other words, he's the guy they're looking to, to finish strong. That's the guy they're looking to, to make up any lost time. Saints, we're it. God's looking to us to finish strong. He's looking for us to make up any lost time. He's looking at us. He's counting on us. Why? He he count on us because he's got the greater one on the inside, like the song they sung. The greater one's on the inside of us. The word should be on the inside of us. No, there's a scripture said. For such a time as this, I believe we're in a kingdom of God for such a time as this, right now. The best wine for last. You just look at yourself and think about yourself. You're You're the best wine right now. God's looking to you. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I mean, come on. They've been saying that for thousands and thousands of years. We're seeing signs that's never happened thousands and thousands of years ago. We're seeing signs unfold. We're seeing stuff lining up like never before. If, if the government have its, have its way, that's the reason why I don't, don't look to your 401k. If they have their way, they'll go digital. The, it's in the process. It's plant, you know, I'm not going to get into that. I do not look at, I do not. And I have not, and I don't think I ever, I don't ever remember doing this. I have never looked at my 401k. I got one. I have never looked at it. I care less. I thank God for it. But hey, I'm looking to God. He is my supply, and I mean it. I, I am not looking at man's, quote, natural way of trying to take care of me. I'm looking to God. Amen. He shall supply all my needs. And that's what we're going, to, we're going to talk about, looking, looking. Keeping our eyes focused. It's like a relay race. Listen, the enemy, the enemy is out to distract. There is no doubt. I just went in, I went in the store a couple weeks, well, actually about a month ago. I went into the store with two, two things on my mind to get. Usually, I do not shop. If I go, I have a mission. I get it, I get out, I'm moving on. I do not like to hang around, especially Walmart. But anyway, I had, I had two, two items on my list, uh, in my brain. 
And I, okay, it's no big deal. I, can, I, don't, need to, I don't even need to write that down. So I went to the store, and I was in there 10 feet or 10 yards, and uh, my mind was already distracted on something else. And before I got out, I had several items. <laughs> and I only had one of the two items I was supposed to get. What happened? It's called distractions. So I had to make another trip. Pardon me. Joanne had to make another trip. Because I was distracted. See, the Bible talks about distractions of the age. The Amplified Bible. The enemy wants to distract you. He has one theme, one, one, um, one thing. The, the enemy is single-minded. He wants to pull you off the word. If he, if he can't pull you off the word, he'll try to blind you, side-blind you, get you on, on another obstacle course, Come on, which God doesn't, didn't call you to be on. And, and yeah, you, yeah, and, it, 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 and once you get, once he gets, once you get on his track, on his, on his course, man, you wear yourself out big time because all it is is about performance. You didn't do enough. You didn't do enough today. You didn't witness enough today. You didn't read your Bible enough today. You little heathen. You didn't do this. I mean, he, he won't, there's endless, but thank God for his grace. Thank God. Now, that doesn't give us a license to sin. But because of His grace, I want to do, I, I want to do, I love Him more. Yes. <laughs> grace abounds. I love Him because He did it for me. I don't have to perform. He performs. Amen. Anyway, let's get back on this. Um, Hebrews chapter 12. Let me turn back over. So it's like a relay race. It says... Another thing, these guys, the, 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 these on the relay race, they hand it off, they hand the baton off to each guy, right? And 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 you gotta stay in your lane. So they're and by the time they hand the, the, the baton off to the fourth guy, the other three guys are doing what? They're on the sideline. Well, they're cheering him on, right? Because the last guy, it's up to him now. And that's what it says here. There's a great cloud of witnesses. There's the, the, the patriarchs, the, the men and women of faith who've gone on to heaven. They're watching us now. I don't quite understand all that, but spiritually they, they're, they are. And it goes on to say, um, let us, pardon me, yeah, let us lay aside every weight and the sin... This is the New King James, which so easily ensnares us. It says, lay aside every weight. Now, we know that weights are not, uh, is not necessarily sin. But weight is a weight. In other words, it slows your momentum. It impedes your movement. You've never seen a, a runner run in baggy pants. You need, you've never seen a runner run in, in his work boots. Well, I got my work boots on today. I'm going to... No, you're going to be finishing last. Because you watch them now, and man, the, the clothes they have are tight. It's like... And, there, and one guy, I don't know what his name was. It's been years ago. But he broke the record. 
in the 100 yard dash. We're not in a sprint, but I'm just making a. This guy, it was tight. Everything he had was tight, and he had gold shoes on. He had him painted or something. I, I can't remember his name. His name was Johnson, maybe, or something. Michael Johnson? Okay. Anyway, when he ran, it is, it is unique. His head, I mean, it's like stone. It was no, there was no moving. It was no, it was straight, right? I mean, it was like straight. And he kept that head just, I mean, his legs were moving, and that head was just stone. It was determined look. It was straight ahead. And he broke the record, I think, at that time. They say, and I read, I read this, if, and I don't know what race they're talking about, but if, you, if a runner moves his head to the left or to the right, they will lose about one-tenth of a second. How they come up with that, I don't know, but it's science, I guess. But it, anyway, the, those runners, they keep their head, their head, their eyes focused. And saints, a part of this laying aside weights is because you, your weights cause you to lose focus. They weigh you down. There's things that in, in my life that I have to, that I, I purposely lay down. Hobbies, you know, you know I, I'm into trains. I, I, I have to admit, I mean, I'm not going to say I love, cha- I love choo-choo trains. I, I'm not going to say that. I do like them. I like them a lot. I got HO, I got G, I got O. I'm working on those little N trains. But the point I'm trying to make, I have to deliberately, purposely walk away from that. Because it can take up too much of my time. Now you're saying, Pastor Chuck, you're getting to be a lawyer, you're getting to be an extremist. We're living in a time and day that I know that I have to do this because the enemy is coming down hard. I'm gonna to have to be extreme in this. I can't take this lightly. I'm gonna take this seriously. If Paul is talking about laying aside these weights, I'm gonna take it seriously. And if I think I'm using too much time on my train set, quote, I'm going to walk away from it, and I do. There's some of it I've, I've actually put off to the side. It's been over a year. I purposely laid it aside. Even though it's my heart's desire. I'm talking about the soul. The soul. I'm talking about the soul. My soul wants to be <laughs> spend more time in, on other things. But I know I've got to keep my focus. I don't want anything to distract me. I could be like a runner running. I want to be able to hand the baton off to my children if that, if that comes to that, which I don't believe that's going to be. I believe we're going to go out. I believe we can go out a blaze. I believe each and every one of us can go out in a blaze. You remember Elijah going out in a blaze? That guy wasn't perfect. If you, if you studied the life of Elijah, you would think that guy was perfect. But he wasn't perfect. Abraham wasn't perfect. But God looks at the heart. See, that's, that's how we're living in an age of grace. Now, again, that will give you a license to sin, but it makes me more determined to look to Jesus. His grace. His grace. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Come on. 
There, what is that bugging sin that keeps t- wanting to tangle you up? There's one thing, I have to admit, there's one thing, the devil punches that button. I'm going down Green River Road or going down Lloyd Express, and the enemy knows I know what to do to get him going. I know what I can do to get him in, in patience. That light will change red on purpose because the enemy's doing something with that light. <laughs> he did it to me again. But, but by the grace of God, I'm a lot better. But I used to, I used to really bother me when I get behind really slow people. Okay, speed limit's 45. We can do 45, not 25. Come on, we can do that. Speed limit's 55, and they're going 45. Anyway, see, that's the buttons I have to watch because they'll trip me up every time. But I have to be in patience, walk in love, Another two or three minutes is not going to hurt me. Hallelujah. Life will still go on. It says, lay aside the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run. We're running with. Now, the new King James uses, uses endurance, but I like the, the, the King James. The King James uses the word Patience. Now, this word patience, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, let's look at this word patience. It says, okay, patience in the Greek. Listen up now. Now, this is how you can tell if you're not impatient. Here's a definition. Cheerful. Are you cheerful? Some of you don't look too cheerful. (laughs) Let me say it again. This is a manifestation of patience in your life. This should be showing up in your everyday walk. Here's the definition. This is what should be showing up. Cheerful. Hopeful. Hopeful means Hopeful means to be full of expectation. In other words, you're cheerful, full of expectation. Then the next word is endurance. So you're cheerful, you're hopeful because you have you got expectation. Why? Because you believe God. You believe His Word. You have an expectancy. You're cheerful because you're expecting. It's like a mom pregnant and she's nine months. Now, she may not be real cheerful all the time, but we're talking about natural. But she knows she's going to give birth. She has, she's expecting. Usually Joanne, I mean, she went through this four times. Bless her heart. But she was usually 99% of the time cheerful. And then when she... What? Because she had an expectancy. Expecting. So it's cheerful, hopeful, full of, full of expectancy, endurance, consistency, which means fortitude. In other words, you got just a, just a determination within you. You're not going to be knocked off. You don't care what the enemy throws at you. No, you don't. No. 
No, I'm not going to go off to the sideline. I'm not stopping. The greater one's in me. I'm not stopping. The Word of God's in me. I'm not stopping. I got some momentum here going. I'm not stopping. I'm not, I'm not allowing distractions to pull me off. I'm not going to allow it. See, that's fortitude. I don't care what the enemy's trying to do. I'm not going to stop. That's fortitude. There's a, there's a, you're, you have, God has given you a will. There's, there's a fortitude within you that if you align up your will with the Word of God, it's, it's, it's one of those unbreakable chains. It, it, you do. You can do all things through the anointed one which strengthens you. You can do all things. But it's going to take your will, your determination with the anointing. God isn't going to do anything outside just himself. Well, I'm just going to leave it up to God. No, no, it won't work that way. It does not work that way. God has to work through somebody. God will, God, look, if you're believing God for something, it has to come through you. Well, I just let God do it. I just let God take care of it. Well, I know what you're saying, but God has, has to bring it through you. That's what we're going to talk about. That's faith. Where's faith at? It's of, it's of the heart. If you're not believing God, how can He bring it to you? How, how can there be a manifestation if there's no faith in your heart? There has to be faith in the heart. God, because that's how God operates. He's not going to make you a special candidate. Well, for you, I'll just, I'll just do something else. No, it's, now, there's gifts of the Spirit. I realize that. There's gifts of the Spirit. But for the most part, the best you want, if you want the best from God, you will have to get His Word on it. You have to put the word in your mouth and in your heart and allow God to bring it through you. Now, that's it. That's it. Fortitude. And another one, it says, patient continuance waiting. Patient continuance waiting. What does waiting have to do with it? It has everything to do with it. The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall shall do what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be exhausted or run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It has a lot to do with it. So our running has a lot to do with waiting on Him in His presence, waiting on His Word. So it says we are to run with patience. Full of expectancy. Verse 2. Looking. So you notice here, it says, we run with patience the race that is set before us, looking. In other words, it really shouldn't be verse 2. There's no break. In other words, he's going to tell you, listen up, listen. He's going to tell you how to lay aside all those weights. He's going to tell you how to run in patience. He's going to tell you how to to not be entangled with that sin. He's going to give you the answer. The answer is in verse 2. It's looking unto Jesus. That is the answer to the test. See, that's the reason why I got so aggravated at public schools. They would never give me the answers to the test. 
I mean, I don't understand it. He gives you the answer. I can't, I can't do it, Pastor Chuck. I can't lay down those weights. I can't, that sin, it keeps tripping me up. I just can't, I just can't get away from it. It just keeps tripping me. You're, it's telling me that you're not focused. You've got to keep your eyes on the Word. The Word will give you full expectancy. The Word, it's the Word that will cheer you up. Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said that. And it says, and the definition for this, patient is to be of good cheer. He's already won it for us. Jesus is our ultimate example. We are to look to Him. He's finished the race. It's rigged. We're winners. We triumph in Christ. All we have to do is finish. But God expects us to finish strong. There is no reason to finish to finish weak. Well, Pastor Chuck, I sinned. And, well, Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. I mean, just, just repent. You missed it. So what? Who hasn't? I mean, you special? You might as well just stop boohooing, crying. Well, I messed up. Well, I was in a garage the other day. I... I tell on myself, I was in a garage and I was working and I did something. I was putting something together and I, uh, I finished putting it together and I looked at it and I said, I look, I'm the only one that does, I'm sure. I looked at it and I said, come on, come on, Chuck, get with the program. You silly, you're 64 years old, get with it. I put something together and I put it upside down or something. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was getting on to myself. I said, come on now. Come on, get with... I, was, I mean, I was saying this to myself. And I, and I said, Lord, I, I repent. <laughs> See, that's, that's been impatient. That's, that's, that's... I missed a mark. I was releasing words. I was cursing myself. So I said, I, I repent. And I knew, I knew, I've been in this long enough. I'm 64 years old. I called myself silly. Well, you know, some people may agree with that, but, <laughs> but I had to repent. I had to put down my tools, walk away. See, your attitude, see my attitude? Your attitude determines your altitude. At that altitude, the, I'm not getting anything accomplished. I got to just get away from it, refocus, come back to accomplish the task. I'm glad I'm the only one that has that problem. This is looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. See, he is the starter. He is the Omega. See, He's given us everything we need. He's given us His faith. The same faith that Jesus had, we're, we have the same faith. It's the same measure. Nothing's, the same measure that Peter had, the same measure that Paul had, we got now. The question is, are we going to use that measure for His glory? And the only way to do it 
is to keep our focus on Him. You cannot look both ways. When Jesus called Peter out of the boat, as long as he kept his focus on that one word, that one word was more than enough. Looking, and that word looking, let me go, look, give you that definition for looking. It means to consider attentively. It means to view with undivided attention by looking away from other objects. The Amplified Bible says looking away from all that would distract you to Jesus. He is the Word. It is a steadfast look. It means to keep looking. But you don't understand what's going on. Keep looking at the Word. But I, I, my, my, my great, well, my grandfather always said this, and, I, and, and uh, you shouldn't say this. He said, I wouldn't have no luck at all. I said, if I didn't have, oh, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. And I always thought that was the funniest thing. He'd say it all the time. But now looking back, man, I would never say that. We have favor. We, we are, Bible says we are highly favored. We are the, His beloved. And there's only two places it mentions that we're highly favored. Only two places. It's to the Christian, you. You're highly favored all the time. Not just on your best days. Not just when, you're everything, when you do everything just right. But even the days you mess up. God never takes His favor from you. In His eyes, you're always highly favored. He never changes. Thank God. And in, in another definition says this, it says to, to gaze upon Him. In this definition, it says to gaze upon Jesus. And this is what it says. Full of expectations that He is more than enough. Aren't you glad that His Word is more than enough? By His stripes you were healed. That's more than enough. See, if we, if we believe that Word, that is more than enough. That's more than enough to get you healed. That is more than enough. But you've got to keep looking. You've got to keep looking. Not just that one day. Not just the one day you prayed it. No, the next day when you don't feel like it. The next day when the pain's hitting you hard. No, I'm healed by His stripes. Now, now I'm not denying I'm not hurting, but the point is the Word says, by His stripes, I'm healed. So you know what? I'm healed. Now, in the natural, yeah, it may not look like it, but spiritually, I say it's done. My faith is working on it. My faith is giving substance to it. I may not have full manifestation. That doesn't mean, you know, if I'm believing God for a full, uh, my full eyesight, you know, obviously I don't want to be driving my vehicle if I can't see. Because it hasn't come into manifestation yet. But I keep my confession. I keep the word in front of me. It means so. It means to, to gaze upon Jesus full of ex expectation that he, the word, is more than enough. 
When Peter, when Peter got out, it's such a good example. When Peter got out of the boat and he started to sink, Peter didn't say, Jesus, Jesus, give me another word. Could you give me another word? I'm sinking. Jesus doesn't need to give him another word. He's not, cause, cause, he's not acting on the word that he, God gave him. So why would God give you another word if you're not doing what he said to begin with? Just refocus. Come on, if you feel like you're sinking, just refocus. Get your eyes back on him and keep looking to the word. Now turn with me to Numbers 21 real quick. This is another good example, even in the Old Testament. Numbers 21, verse 5. And it says in verse 4, in the last part of verse 4, uh, Numbers 21, verse 4, and it says, now this, you have to remember, this is the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. It's been about 37, 38 years, so we have a mixed group. We actually have the old, the, the first generation and the second generation. There's kind of a mix here. And it says in the last part of the, verse 4, it says they became, the new King James says, they became very discouraged on the way. A, a, in the actual Hebrew, it says short. In other words, they became short-tempered. Most, a lot of transla translation, I think even Amplified says, in a better translation, in my cross-reference, it says impatient. They became very impatient. See, this is just the opposite of patience. They became impatient. And guess what happens? The very first thing that come, comes when you're in impatience, and, and it's like I just told you, when I came impatient, I started to let words fly. Well, in verse 5... They're letting words come out. They said, because of their impatience, look at this, the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why? Have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, no water. Our soul, we, our soul, look, listen, they said, we, we hate, we detest this food. This bread from heaven. Look at that. Guess what? God heard every word. And the next verse, listen, be careful what you speak. That's the reason why I'm quick to repent. Because there's some things I know. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. If I, something comes in my mouth, I know uh, I repent. I, I, no, because I don't want to harvest off that. Repent that. Get into the blood. Here they complained. And those negative words can. See, listen, the enemy will come for your words. Just like God came for, for Daniel's words. Remember, the angel said, I come for your words. You start, you start complaining to God. You start being impatient and the enemy will come for your words in the negative in other words, your words can come back and bite you. And that's exactly what happens. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people that they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, 
the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord. Well, at least they, they rep they're repenting. So God, okay, let's go on. And they spoke against the Lord. And, and uh, I say, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and, and, and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away these serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and put it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who looks, it, and it shall be everyone who is bitten when he looks. Get that? That look, that, that word means to, to gaze. To gaze intently upon. Verse 9. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone when he had looked, that's the second time we get the word looked, at the bronze serpent, he will live. Now that word look, let me look this real quick. In the Hebrew, it says to gaze with pleasure, with expectation. And then let me read out the actual Hebrew or, yeah, Hebrew. If a servant has bitten anyone and he has looked expectantly. If anyone has looked expectantly. That means full of expectation. To the bronze of serpent, he will live. In other words, what he's saying is you have to take your focus off the bite. But you don't understand, I have a bite. Look at the bronze serpent, Moses told him. Look, look. It's obvious, I cannot look two ways at once. Either I'm looking here, or I'm looking over here. Moses said, focus your attention over here upon this bronze serpent, which is a type of Christ. You can't look both ways. In other words, that bite, that bite, other women say this, God had an antidote for that bite. But for them to take, the, to take that antidote, they have to get their focus on what God said. They're going to get their focus on Jesus. Jesus is a type here. You can't look both ways. You have to focus in. That's why he's saying here. In order to live, you're going to, have to focus in on that, on that serpent, on the pole. Now, let me, I got this written down. That, of course, Jesus talked about, listen, like I said, when you start speaking negative words, that opens up the door. It says in verse 5, we read it. No, I don't know if we read this or not. Let's see. Um, Verse 6, it says, and so the Lord sent the fiery serpents. In reality, it says God sent the serpent. But Paul talked about this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He said, now you can read this for yourself. He said, because of what they said, it opened up the door. The enemy came. Paul said the destroyer came. Well, God's not a destroyer. God doesn't have evil angels. They opened up the door for the enemy. And it hasn't changed now. Paul said these were written down for our example. 
We are to take this as an example. At least it happens to us. Your words, that death and life and the power of the tongue has not changed. Somebody's wanting your words. Speak in line with the word. Consider the word only. Don't look at what's going on and speak accordingly to, the, to what's going on. But I've been bitten. Okay, repent, refocus, get back on the word. Move on. I guarantee you, it doesn't really say, but some of these, well, some did die. And I, and I guarantee you, some refused to look. I guarantee it. Why is that? I don't know. Why is it people quit? I don't know. Discouragement. See, they allow discouragement to come in. They, they lose heart. Saints, we, that's because of loss of focus. If we'll keep ourselves focused, I guarantee it, you'll finish strong. Look to the Lord. Don't look. You know, I, I've been, I, well, it's F.F. Ballsworth has a lot to say. He's an old-time old teacher. I got his book. I don't even know what the name of it is. But he talked about, you can't, he said this. He said, you can't look both ways at the same time. you got to keep your focus. Amen. Now, turn, turn with me back. That's, I'm sorry. Go back to Hebrews chapter 3. And he's going to say the same thing again. It says, let's just finish chapter, or verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he's ran his course. He ran it for us. So we're to look to him now. He is the, is the word. We are to look to the word. Now, verse 3, it says, For consider him. And in the Greek, it says, Again, consider him. Other words, he's already told you once in verse 2. Other words, if you didn't get it first time, let me tell you again. Consider him. But you don't understand what I'm going through. Consider him. But you don't understand. Because he's got the antidote. It's the word. Consider the word. Turn with me to Romans chapter 4. Say this, consider the word only. Word. Romans chapter 4. This is how, this is how uh, Abraham operated. Consider the word only. And we'll just pick it up. Romans 4. Let's see. Verse 19. It says, and not being weak in faith, he did not... You know, I'm, let me say this before I get into this. The, the, uh, Abraham's got some issues. Abraham has some problems. See, and you thought you had problems. Now, just consider Abraham for a minute. The guy's 100 years old. He cannot perform. I'm talking to adults. His wife cannot perform. They got a problem. But yet God 
comes to Abram and says, I'm changing your name to Abraham. Of course, if you go back to Genesis chapter 17, Abraham thinks it's funny. In other words, he's not there yet. Aren't you glad that Abraham, he didn't get there overnight? Abraham had a time when he was impatient. He had his Ishmael. In other words, he had to go through a process. And saints, we do too. We don't get everything just right. We do miss the mark sometimes, but we just repent. So Abraham, he, he's got major problems. For, this, for God to pull this off, he's going to... God's God. And for God to pull this off, God's going to have to have Abraham to get in agreement. See, a lot of times, and I said this before, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but a lot of times we say, well, I'll just let God do it. No. You've got to say what God says. God changes His name. So the first thing God does to Abraham, to Abram to get the promise in his mouth, in other words, to get him focused, we're talking about being focused, God has to change his name. Why? He's got to get his, that promise in his mouth. If he doesn't get that promise in his mouth, faith doesn't come. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. God has to get, change his name to Abraham and to change Sarah's name. It's not just going to happen. We have our part. God has his part. Well, I just want God to perform. No, he will perform if you do your part. But don't expect God to perform when you're not doing your part. Our part is to stay focused on the word and to say what he says. Abraham had to look away from the natural. He had to look away from his natural body and to do what? To look to the promise. So God put the promise in his mouth. Once Abraham got in line with the word, once he got his mouth going, God was able to satisfy his mouth. You remember Psalm 103 verse 5? It says, he's, the Lord, He satisfies my mouth with good. He renews my youth like the eagles. Well, what's God going to do? He's going to, once Abram accepts Abraham, God is able to satisfy his mouth by turning back that clock. Come on. He's a hundred years old. He cannot perform. God's satisfying his mouth. Come on, you can look at Psalms 103, verse 5. He's turning back that clock. I mean, Sarah, pardon the expression, is a hottie. She's a nice-looking woman. My wife is nice. My, she's beautiful. I'm not just saying that. But anyway, Abraham and Sarah... Their youth is being renewed. Well, how'd that happen? Focus. Abraham got the word in his mouth. 
calling those things that be not as though they were. Come on. So it says here, Abraham considered not. So he, verse 19, and, and, not been, and not considered his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Nor did he waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And let me read this out of the ASV, the American Standard Version. By looking, it says this, by looking into the promise of God, he wavered not through unbelief, but waxed strong through faith, giving glory to God. By looking to the promise. We'll have to do the same thing. It's that looking to the promise. It's that looking, keeping focus. Saints, we're running. We're running. Abraham runs. He's running his race. And what? What's he going to do? He's going to hand the baton off. And what does Abraham do? He finishes strong. Turn with me to, we'll close with this. Turn with me to, go back, go to, um, I think it's verse uh, chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We'll close with this. Abraham finishes strong. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's look at verse, let's see, I want to go to verse 12, I think. Verse 12. Abraham, once he, once he got going, once he got in, in agreement with God, I'm telling you, there, the, he, he, there was a momentum. In other words, we read this. Let's just pick it up in verse 12. It says, And do not become sluggish. Abraham was not sluggish. What does sluggish mean? Sluggish means to be slow. Other words, it's talking about, if you look this up, it's talking about don't lose your momentum. You're running the race. You don't want to slow up. You want to keep your pace. You're, you're going to hand a baton off. It's not just about you. Come on. It's not just about you. You're running a race. It's going to affect the next generation. You're going to hand the baton off. You don't want to become sluggish. We've got to keep this fire burning. We've got to keep it hot. Because there is a possibility that you... Look, at, look back at verse 6. It talks about falling away. We don't want to be that group of people that draw back. We don't want to be that group. Saints, right now, there is a falling away. There is. We don't want to be, we, and, and I just refuse it. I will not be a participant in the falling away. I'm a participant in running forward, pressing to the, to the goal, the high prize of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing forward. Don't be sluggish. You've got some momentum going. And yes, there's times when you have to reset. There's times David had to reset. You recall at Ziglag? The Bible said he was greatly distressed. What's he do? Does he give up? Does he quit? Does he say, well, after 13 years, you know, I'm just going to give it up? No. The Bible said he strengthened himself. Other words, what's he do? He's doing Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be exhausted. They shall not be weary. They shall run and not faint. He's doing that. 
He's waiting upon the Lord to do what? To get strength. To finish the race. Thank God he got up and finished the race. Come on. David, there was a point in time in David's life. No one stood with him. Remember that? He told Timothy. In his first defense, I believe he says, he said, no one stood with me. I was by myself. No one. But he said, but the Lord. But the Lord. But the Lord. Just like David said, but the Lord strengthened me. But the Lord. He said, the Lord strengthened me. To do what? To finish his race. David finished his race. Since we have to finish our race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're to keep our eyes focused on him. There's always distractions. There always will be distractions. There's always, there's always that thing that, you know, the enemy's always pushing that button. Come on, if I just get him. He used to do this all the time. He's not doing it anymore. That's how we got to be. We got to sort of like a harden ourselves to those circumstances. Harden ourselves to the, the enemy and, and have our hearts softened to God. Be sensitive to what he's saying. Keep our eyes focused on him. So, so Abraham, he continued to run his race. He continued to live. He lived to be 170, I think 175. And had more children. See, let me, you're, you don't perform it. I'm, let me, I get this. Well, let me read this again. Um, let me read this. I don't know. I got it written down. And I'll just read this. He, Hebrews, uh, no, Romans 4.21, it says, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Who's going to perform? God. Not you. This is big for Pentecostals, where I came from. Because they'll try to do the performance thing. God doesn't want your performance. He wants you to believe Him. That's your part. You're in a race. You are to believe Him. In other words, I believe God. My faith rests on the promises of God. I'm at rest. I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm resting in what He said. My job, my labor is to enter into his rest. That's all I'm supposed to do and act accordingly. Be a doer. But he gives the increase. He's the one that's performing. So it says here, don't be sluggish. Don't, be, don't get slow, saints. You've got a momentum going up, going on here. You've got some momentum. Let's finish this. Uh, in verse 12, it says, Don't become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So we're to do just like Abraham. Hallelujah. He didn't quit. He ran his race and what did he do? He hands the baton off to Isaac. It's not... See... And Isaac hands it off to Jacob. Come on. It's not, it's not, you know, uh, well, you know, I, you know, I just, no, don't get no pity party. Pity parties are bad. 
because it shows your distrust in what God said. There is no, there is no scripture for us Christians to be in a pity party. We, we've all had them. I'm not saying, you know, that I've never had them. I, you know, I have to correct Joanne all the time. She gets to this pity party. She goes, honey, wake. Straighten up. No, she's pretty, she's rock solid. But we have, to, we have to resist that. The enemy will try to tell you, he'll try to get you focused on yourself. You need to throw a pity party. Because you've been, you, you, you've been believing God for a long time, and you just need to just, just have a good old, just let those words fly out. Come on, go ahead. So that's the enemy talking. Get you in impatience. Get you to speak. Get you to open an inroad for the enemy to enter in. See, your spirit man's saved. The Bible says you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But sometimes your soul. You ever notice that, i got to quit, I'll, I'll move on here. Your soul, if you, if you think on something long enough, your emotions will start to follow. And then, well, I guess, I guess, oh, I should, uh, it's just not happening. I guess, maybe I'm not highly favored. Maybe, I just, see, those are not words from God. Those, those are something, your emotions now, your flesh now. See, the Bible talks about the renewing of the mind. What's the best way to renew your mind? Is the word, the word in your mouth. You keep saying what the Word says. You're renewing your mind. And you keep renewing it. And you keep renewing it. And, and you guys, you got to be convinced, hey, my faith is working. Because it's not really my faith. It's the faith of the Son of God. It shall come in manifestation. I don't know when, but I know my faith will bring it to pass. Because it's just, it's the measure that God's given me. It will work. The word works. Hallelujah. See, that's why we can have full expectancy. We can expect because God's word will work. God doesn't have an off day. He's on all the time. Actually, you know, He's already done the work, per se. He's Spiritually speaking, He's done the work for you. All we have to do is get the Word in our mouth and believe and keep our focus on the Word. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.